Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only, as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello and welcome to Raw, the Fight Within podcast with me, Coogan Cassius. This week, I'm joined by the Maverick, Sam Jones. I might just call this podcast the Maverick because are you a bit of a Maverick still or not? I don't know. Maybe when I first... First came into boxing as a maverick, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be called whatever Coogan. It's okay. No worries. Now I know you've watched a couple of these raw podcasts, yeah. but yeah, the concept behind it, I didn't want to go too deep in with it because I didn't want you to overthink. I know you like a little bit of an overthink every now and again, Sam. So we're going to start this in really easy. You're going to be eased in gently, and then we'll. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> Right. Yeah, what were your first ever memories of boxing? My first ever memories of boxing? Um, watching Prince Nazim Hamed, because it brought me into boxing. Like, it sounds corny, but he's the reason why I love it. He's the reason why I'm involved in boxing. He's, he was the motivation behind it. Like, I loved it. I used to think I was him. I used to come down the stairs when he used to do his ring walks. With, I used to put these green gloves on, and my mum sewed me bless her, she sewed me these leopard print shorts. I think I've still got them somewhere, I've got to find them. And I used to come down the stairs, I used to ring walk the same time as he did, to like, I used to jump, flip over the settee. I swear, I used to do this all the time when, to watch Naz, but yeah, that's my earliest memories of boxing. Yeah, I mean, I always repeat myself on this, and pretty much for every episode, and I've always said that he was the 
the first person, any anyone boxing related that kind of caught my eye, even to the sport of boxing, was Naz. Like, um, he's everything. He was, he's the he's the re object. I'm not just saying it's that. That's why, like Coogan, you know, I've met like. I took your picture with him, didn't I? Nearly, nearly. I was like, the first time, because it's the first time I met him. You have to understand, I saw him, I met Print, I print, met Naz in Inglewood when Linares boxed Luke Campbell. It's the first time I've ever seen him. Bear in mind, I was working, oh no, I suppose that was early on. So that would have been about, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but I saw him and I was sat next to, to Joe Joyce. He goes, where are you going? Coogan, I swear, on my life. I climbed, chair walked, over the chairs to see, embarrass myself, completely embarrass myself. And I remember him looking at me just going, what is this twat doing? Like, do you know how he looks? Like, yeah, he's, he was literally looking at me, probably clenching his fist ready to gym me. But he looked at me and I'm just like, Naz, Naz, I've got... And I remember having a picture with him and half my head was, Joe Joyce took the, photo, the worst photo you've ever seen. I was so upset, like it was, the half of his head was off. And I think Naz heard me talking, like saying, oh God, this photo. And he pulled me after the show, and he goes, let's have a, let's have a proper photo. Coogan, it was un unbelievable. I was, I was, I've never been so excited in my life. I, was, I had two photos with Naz. I've got, still got the photo, photo on, my in on my Instagram, but no, he's, he was literally a hero of mine. And every time I see him, I went to, I've been to his house. Like, as I was saying, I speak to him quite a little bit, because I'm quite good friends with his sons now as well, but it never, I, I never get bored of like talking to, chewing his ear off about old boxing stories because he's, he's a legend, he's the reason why I love boxing. But yeah, hero of mine. Do you remember the first ever fight you went to? Like boxing as a, as a fan? Um, do you know what? That's an actual really good question. I don't remember mine. I don't remember I'm the first to actual think, fight I'm I went to. I'm trying to think in my first... It's weird because I remember the first ever football game I went to. Same, I same. I Chelsea against Derby County. Yeah, yeah Arsenal at, Norwich at, was my one. At the baseball ground, that was my first ever football game. Coogan. I went to Hatton against Costa Zoo. I'm trying to think, well, was that the first live one I went to? How many years ago were we talking with that? Over 20 years ago. Uh, Hatton, Costa Zoo. Around that sort of time, yeah. No, well, I, mean, I think I've been one well, before. Well, Pacquiao was 2009 and that was 14 years ago. So it could have been 17, 18 years ago, possibly. Possibly that. That might have been it. I, 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 it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. A lot of people don't know the answers to this. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to genuinely like a, try to think. A, a, a really kind of huge... Because my dad's mate, Coogan, he used to work in... My dad was, a, my dad was a, a general manager at British Car Auctions, so he used to run all the sites. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. And... Um, He's, he was uh, mates with Nazim Hamid, yeah. apparently mates with Nazim Hamid. And he goes, oh, I'll get you some tickets. Yeah. And I remember my dad coming home to me, and there's not many promises my dad didn't deliver on, even though he's a bit of a fucker sometimes. He, he, there's not many times he didn't deliver on what he said, but he said, Sam, I'm going to take you to watch Prince Nazim Hamid. And I think it might have been against, uh, the fight was meant to be against, um, um, so I'm trying to think, Boom Boom Johnson. Right. That was meant to be the fight. I'm sure it was that fight. And... He didn't come up with the tickets, and I just remember being devastated. But that was my chance to watch Nas box. Um, but yeah, that that was that was. Um, I always wanted to go and watch Nas live, so I always kind of hoped he would come back for a little exhibition. I don't think it's going to happen now. But um, no, that was um, that was who I always wanted to watch because again, I just don't think 
in our lifetimes we will ever, it's reverting back to him again, but I could speak about Naz all day, but I don't think in our lifetime we will ever see somebody as entertaining and brought what he did to a boxing arena, ring, everything. I just think he was absolutely incredible. Absolutely. I remember a time when um, Kel Brook was fighting Errol Spence. Yeah, I remember. Um, I was there, Bramwell Lane. At Bramwell Lane. And on the, the other way, and I was, uh, I was going out in Sheffield, how many years ago now? Seven, eight years ago? Yeah. Is that that long ago? Jesus. I think so, yeah. So he, uh, Naz rung me, yeah, which is even weird to see his name come up on the phone. And yeah. he's like, what are you doing tonight? I said, I'm just going out in Sheffield. He went, no, you're not. He said, I'm coming to pick you up at seven o'clock. Be ready outside the hotel. I said, all right, <laughs> no worries. So I've like, spoke to people. I'm like, I'm not coming out tonight. I didn't say I was going out with Naz, but anyway. So he picked me up in his Tesla. And then we drove to his, I think it was his sister's house where like, in Sheffield, it, it, yeah. Yeah, done like food and everything. And then we went to Bradford. We ended up, his Tesla ran out of the, the charge, so we couldn't find a charge point. But anyway, borderline, I, uh, I was out with him until like six in the morning. But it was like the best experience. He literally dropped me off 12 hours after. Uh, but I was with him the whole time. Like, it was just like a surreal experience. To... Do you know what? I'll show you this. Show you just, just to point out. So when... I was, I'm trying to think when it was, when he was, but he, he, he got my, he got my, it might have been you, was it you that gave, gave him my number? I don't know, it might have been his, his son, Adam, so I don't know. But this um, was when I went to his house and I took his dog. We, we took his dog for a walk around uh. the park. We, we, he was just telling me stories and st telling me stories all that. Listen, you, 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 people that are fanboy, no problem, call me a fanboy. I am a fanboy. I'll always forever be a fanboy of, of Naz, always. Yeah, I'll take that with Naz. Um, interesting one for you. If you weren't in the business of boxing, what do you think right now you'd be doing? I don't know. Surviving. But in what? What, what, what would I don't be your know because, like, listen, I've worked doing every job. Literally, you can imagine, I've worked, I did counts, doesn't it? I did one shift behind a bar. I've stacked shelves. I worked in a factory, um, driving a, um, one of those uh, little trains where you put parts on. I used to log into the system uh, at a place called Fataba Industrial in, um, in, Dar in Derbyshire. I used to deliver parts, I used to do night shifts when I was 17 years old. Because when I left school, I didn't really know, I didn't get horrific grades, probably spelt fudge, uh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't get horrific grades, but I was always confident I'd be able to find something I was, do you know what I mean, I was good at. I was never like scared of like what I was going to do, but I had no clue what I'd be good at. So I kind of did a year at college because I wanted to kind of prolong the, the real world kind of thing. And my dad was just like, no, you're not doing that. You're going straight to work. So I got a job with my mum's husband uh, Keith so like he got me a job at Fataba and I was doing the pots and I quite enjoyed it because it was decent money but I've done every job you can you can think of Coogan genuinely every 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 job like selling insurances selling cars on a pitch at motor point I was handing out welcome packs when I was 18 um, learning how to sell cars I've worked at the car auctions for six years Mate, I've done every every job you can probably think probably think of but you don't know if no, you genuinely don't know the answer to the question to it, Coogan, because I was just like, I was always unsettled. Like I've always, like, whenever I've been somewhere, I never thought, what, this is, this is me. What do you, what do you, 
like to think you might have been doing had you not got into boxing? Be a multi-millionaire owning loads of businesses. <laughs> no, I don't. Coogan, honestly, I don't know me. I don't. I would have liked to think I would have been. I would have progressed somewhere within a in a, in a, in a big in a big company. in sport. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I've always loved mm. boxing. I was a decent footballer when I was younger. I know there was a lot of jokes about that, but I was. I was a decent footballer. I was passed my prime at fourteen, but oh well. Um, yeah. um, but no, I don't know Coogan, but I've always loved boxing. Always, always, always loved it. Getting up to watch Lennox Lewis and Naz, that was like my, my, in the back end of um, Chris Eubank and Nigel Benn. I remember my my, uh, my mum and dad aren't together anymore. They've been divorced for, for 25 years, or probably and the rest. Um, but I remember him taking my mum to watch Nigel Benn. I don't know who he watched, it was in Birmingham, but he was sat next to Don King, my dad was. I can't remember. McCracken was on the undercard because I still have the laminate at my house for this show that my dad's. But I've always loved boxing, Coogan. Always loved it. Mm. Um, this next one probably applies to <laughs> athletes more so, but I'll ask you the same question. Yeah. Um, trying you... to say I'm not an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know what you when mean. I, when I when you I'm going to answer this, you <laughs> understand what I mean. A look, aside from any kind of sparring or kind of I know you would have done some little bits just yeah, because of being around course. the industry yeah, right yeah. but do you remember like as a kid like the first ever like fight or serious altercation you were ever in yeah you do yeah this looks very specific yeah mate 100% it was in it it's in, it, um, in my junior school I used to I used to I used to get involved in quite a few scraps when I was at, uh, in junior school um, but yeah I remember my I remember my first uh, my first what was in playing. Uh, was playing football. And I remember was playing football on the on the on the playground. And this guy, I know, he's it's been not seen him for years. The guy's a guy called Aaron. A guy called Aaron. And I just remember he put me in headlock, punched him, and rolled around the floor. And we got sent home. And dad had to come and collect me. But you know, I got the better of him. <laughs> Did you get into fights when you were a kid? Yeah, in junior school, all yeah. the time. I know people might not think that because I'm like a bit of a pork chop. But yeah, I did. I did. I used to get in. I used to get in lots of. Lots of altercations. So why didn't you ever get in the gym then? And like, like a boxing gym? Um, I know it's easier said than done. It's right? because I don't, I, don't actually, I don't actually know, but I used to enjoy, I used to enjoy having a roll around on the, on the floor in the playground. I used, used to enjoy it. I was competitive. But when, because I was, believe it or not, viewers, but people that went to that school would have vouched, vouched me in this, but um, when I went to the junior school, I was the best at everything. I was always the best at everything. But I had the biggest comeuppance in, in the world, the biggest like shock to my system. Because when I went to my senior school, I used to remember I used to win, win all the races, I was the fastest. When I went to my senior school, Coogan, I was I remember do, taking part in my first race, like to try out for the to run for the school. I came like sixth. I was absolutely destroyed. I was like, I was no longer the best footballer, I was no longer the best um um, the best, the, the fastest runner, and it was a big um, comeuppance. So not a comeuppance. I don't know what the correct, uh, the correct word is, but like it was a, um, it was like a shock to my system because I had to learn. I had to learn how. Listen, you're not always the, 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 the going to be the best at everything, but you have to. But it makes you get better, and that's the, the school I went to. Kind of, kind of taught me that. To be honest, talk to me about a time in your life where you felt like you were fighting a losing battle. Fighting a losing battle. I don't know, it's hard to say really. Like it doesn't have to have any relevance to do with your career, just meaning no, life like in a, general. Lose a losing battle. Mm. 
don't know really. I don't know. There's been examples like this, and there's been loads of occasions where I've like, I've, I don't know. I mean, you can refer it to your kind of career in in the sport in boxing. Oh, like a, a losing, a losing battle. Mm. I don't know. School, like, like in school, I was never really. It's not like I wasn't interested, but I never really enjoyed school, Coogan. Never really enjoyed it. I never really, um, I like my, listen, my mum and dad split up when I was, I think, nine years old. And I lived with my dad and my sister lived with my mum. And I kind of chose to live with my dad because I thought I could probably maybe get away with more. Do you know what I mean? Like my mum was like more on top of my sister. That's why my sister's ten times more intelligent than I'll ever be. But I kind of got away with more. But like... In school, like that was school was probably my losing losing battle because I was never going to be great at school. I was never ever going to be great. At school. I was good at PE, the, the the obvious subjects, but I was never really interested. So that was probably my me fighting a losing a losing battle. So you went basically because you had to. Yeah, I went. I went. Had to. I'd have left school. I would have liked to, but like I was always not bad. I was never a bad kid at school. But like for example, like I was I was I was just the, I would wait for my dad to leave the house. I would hide behind the wall, wait till him to leave, and then I'd go and get the, the letters that the postman drops off from school to address to him, give him a tear up and walk back to school. Like, so I'd give him for my reports and stuff. I used to sweat Coogan on parents and teachers interview. I used to literally sweat dripping down my back. So I was thinking, oh my God, Sam's a good lad. He's everything, but there was always a but with me. So I don't know. I've got two kids now, and I'll always teach them to like to try hard at school. But I think there's a lot of subjects. I don't want to go too deep into it, but there's a lot of subjects at school they don't really teach you. They don't teach you about money. They don't teach you about other jobs. It's just kind of it's, it's built. I, I I believe the system at school is kind of built for you to fall part of a system that's never really going to work, in my opinion. I think school you learn you bet you learn street smarts at school. I genuinely believe that because, listen, there's going to be people that are stronger than you, faster than you, and, and that's, what, that's what I learned at school. And that's the reason why school was important for me, to be honest. What are the everyday battles for Sam Jones when you wake up in the morning? What um, are they? I always want to do, to do better. And obviously, since obviously having a family, I've, the, the pressure becomes... Like, it was all about... Listen, when I first come into boxing... It was like, I made loads of mistakes, Coogan, loads and loads of mistakes, but I was confident. Do you know what I mean? I was confident. I was thinking, oh, this is all. I kind of started here. But now it's not about me. It's about my family. I've got to put them, them first. So my pressure, every day I feel pressured. I feel like I've got to stay on top. I've got to keep busy. I've got to provide for my family. So that's, that's my daily battle. On a, on a... As your, sorry to cut you short. Is your daily battles over the last sort of, Two and a half years, three years, yeah. obviously dramatically changed because you have now two children. Dramatically, I was all—I was always like, because I'm—I'd like to think of myself as headstrong, like I am—I am quite strong like that. But I'm always like, he said, "Well, you know, you've got—you've got, you've got a, a little girl, and you think, well, what's she? What's she doing? Is she okay?" And stuff like, like when even when I'm away here, my my baby girl was born on Monday. I think, oh, is she okay? Is she flipping? Is she weeing and pooing on? Is she okay? Like, you know, is her body working okay? Um, yeah, that's my daily my daily battles, Coogan. Like it's 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 hard. Like every, everyone, like I respect like anybody that's got kids, and especially like mums and stuff. I respect them. It's I know it's an old cliche, but I respect them so much because it's the hardest job in the world. There's no harder job in the world than looking after looking after to be, looking after babies. 
but yeah, my daily battles, mate, is a hundred percent like God. I've got to, I've got to. I can't fall off. I can't because it's the the book stops with me. I've got to look after them. I suppose from the outside we can call you. We know you're passionate. We know you're kind of at times a little bit hot-headed and opinionated. Opinionated. <laughs> um, are you emotional? When's the last time you get to fight back tears? Emotional. On Monday when my baby was born. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I'm an emotional person, but like I, I'm quite, I, I quite back my, uh, keep, I try and keep my emotions at bay. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember my hardest time when I was probably the most emotional was when my granddad died because um, he was, do you know how you have a head of a family? I'm sure I've spoke to you about this before, haven't you? You have a head of a family. He was the head of my family. And... He was somebody who, I'm not saying I don't like respect my parents, but like I look, listen, I love my parents dearly. But my granddad was the boss. Do you understand? So I always, it's my. I'm trying to think of what what happened. So I was in camp. Joe Joyce was in camp with Mike Perez in Cork, in Ireland, and I knew my granddad was going to die because he had cancer. He had prostate cancer. So he died, and then we. I still finished, and my dad said, listen, you've got to stay there. And then, but that was the most emotional. I was crying, like, constantly, it, because it was not the fact that you, you knew it was going to happen, but it was the fact that I knew I was never going to get to speak to him again and talk to him about stuff. And my granddad only ever saw me um, not under, yeah, underachieve, but he always believed in me that I would do something good, making quite sad thinking about it now, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, he, he was the, the top dog of my family, and I wish he would see what I'm doing now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you still think you're fighting demons in your life? Have you yet to fight demons in your life? Um, Whatever they may be. I don't, th I don't think I fight demons, Coogan, because as I say, like, when I first came into boxing... I was always worried about what people, I used to tell you, say, Coogan, have you seen what this guy's called me a prick on the line? Why is he calling me a prick? And my mum would read the comments, she'd be like, Sam, why is this guy calling you a piece of shit? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But it used to bother me so much. But as I've kind of got older and fatter, I've stopped caring, Coogan, genuinely. I don't care what, what people think of me. As long as I'm respected by my family and the people who I consider my friends and in business, because I know even business people might think I'm a prick, but they still deal with me. Do you know what I mean? So as long as I'm respected in, on that front, I'm okay. But 
what other people's opinions of me are, no problem. No problem. If you think I'm a fat, useless prick, no problem. I remember, Sam, when you first started kind of doing interviews, and this is even before we kind of first started speaking, when Savannah Marshall was on the undercard of Mayweather and... Yeah, yeah, McGregor. McGregor, yeah. And um, I remember you, me and you used to have a lot of conversations regarding, like, comments and this, and you'd almost like what your mum was saying to you. I did you'd my ask first me, interview. like, why are they saying this to me? Why are they calling me this? What have I done? Like, yeah, I'm I, like, I, I, <laughs> it's something you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, I did my first interview with you in Vegas um, when Joe was on his camp for Ian Lewison. And that was my first ever interview. That was Joe's debut, yeah. That was Joe's debut, yeah. and I would remember it. So ever since then, we, we spoke, but then... Um, after that, I went to Vegas. Um, was that my second time in Vegas or the first time? I can't actually remember, but it was Savannah. Because me, me and you was having di dinner in the MGM Grand, I remember, like when Savannah was on the undercard. Because that was my first gig in boxing, was getting Savannah with Floyd. I had no clue what I was doing. I knew my intentions were good, but I had no clue what I was doing. Zero clue. But I just knew I was, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. That was kind of my introduction in boxing. Like, um... At least I remember chasing Leonard Ellaby around London to try and get a meeting. I was. He'll tell you. Leonard, Leonard will tell you. I chased him all around um, to, to get a meeting, and I eventually did. And I remember one of the first things Floyd Mayweather said to me was, goes, what's that watch, man? What's that watch? I remember I had a little Casio one. <laughs> so I slaughtering my watch for five minutes. I was like, am I going to get a word in here? It's hard for me. It's easy for me. Usually I'm decent talking. I thought, fucking hell, I'm not going to get a word in here. Just slated my watch. Um, and then I eventually got a phone call. Um, and they said, yeah, we're going to sign Savannah. We're going to get her on the, uh, the on the car. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is, this is it. And then off the back of all of that, I signed Joe Joyce. He was my first ever sign. He said, Coogan, I've been lucky. Boxing's been very good to me. I've had a lot of ups and downs in, in, in boxing. And, like, I was always winning at the start. But then, I had a, then, there's, a, then there's a down period. Then there's, and you're up again. But you have to have huge bollocks and be tenacious. And I've got that in abundance, no matter what anybody thinks of me. Is there more to it than that? Or is it that's the like the basic elements of where well, you are of where you are now? Listen, like it's like in boxing, there's a lot of people that just walk into the sport, but there's a lot of people that come and go. I was gonna, I remember loads of people saying, "Oh, he's gonna be a flash in the pan, a flash in the pan." Listen, Adam Morley um, was very important. Was very important. I, I I signed Joe Joyce. Make no mistake about that. But teaming up with Adam made me stronger because listen, Adam's. It, uh, the cleverest man you'll ever meet. So like joining up with Adam and then we built S-Jam Boxing. And then off the back of that, we, we, we built a great stable and we had a great working relationship and we're still friends now. But like I, I went, I went uh, my other ways because it was a, a better offer for me and my family. And I don't regret any decision I've ever made in, in boxing, Coogan. It's interesting you refer to yourself kind of as that flesh in the pan because... Yeah, a lot of people said that yeah, about me. Yeah, but I remember when people were saying they were referring to you as the Primark Eddie Hearn, which... Primark Eddie Hearn. Yeah, and then, it prom that? then I got promoted to the Marks and Spencers Eddie Hearn because I checked the comments, so yeah, we're all right, I'll take that. No, but it's, it's a testament to kind of where you are now and over that time that it's not an easy business to stay in, in whatever you're doing. Absolutely not. You know that yourself and that you, you work your bollocks off. And I'm not just saying that because you sat in front of me. You Listen, look at all the outlets that are involved now in boxing. You've, you've done incredibly well. But yeah, you have to have big balls to stay in this industry. And, 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 um, and you've got to... It's like 
a lot of people in boxing, they, they take things personally and stuff. Like you can have a fall. I fell out of loads of people in boxing, but I could still ring them now and have a, and have a chat with them and do business with them. Where does your fight spirit come from? Where does that, where's that installed from? Is it like uh, members of your family or just the way you've brought yourself up in certain aspects? I don't know, like, it's, 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 I don't know, my mum, my, my mum's so strong. My mum my mom is really strong. My mum had a terrible upbringing, Coogan. A terrible, terrible upbringing. It's even things that she still wouldn't tell me now like about her upbringing, but mum was in foster care and stuff. So I, I'd say I get a lot of my strength from, from, from my mum. And my granddad as well. So my, 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 old, my old man's a, a good guy as well. Um, I've, I've, I've got a good, I've got a good family, Coogan. But no, my mum's, my mum's a legend. So you fight for your, now your family, your your two beautiful young children. Who fights for you? Like who's in your corner, twenty four seven, day or night? Ring uh, them at any time or uh, ring them at any time. There's always people you have wrapped around you. Well, you should have, not you in general, I'm talking about anyone, should have people that they your people that you can rely on. They've got your back regardless of whatever situation you're in or whatever problems you're in. I don't know, it was my granddad. Genuinely, I know we spoke about him before, I don't want to speak because he gets me, gets me a bit sad speaking about him, but he was always the person, like, do you know, even if I did bad, yeah. he would always be like there to say, listen, you have to pull yourself together, do it correctly. So I'm like, I was <laughs> It's, um, it's mad to be honest, but no, I miss him every single day, really, genuinely. I wish I could tell him stuff about what's going on and stuff, because he was, my granddad was the best, mate, he really was. So who do you go to now? Um, if you had to. Listen, me and my dad have got a bit of a strange relationship, but listen, I love my dad. He's, he, he, we've got a bit of a strange, bit of a strange, uh, strange love-hate kind of relationship. No, there's no hate involved, I tell a lie, it's not that, but like we... We, we bump heads, we bump heads clash. a lot. Yeah, we clash, me and my dad do. But listen, if he ever needed anything from me, I'd be there for him and vice versa. I'm, he'd be there for me. But my mum's always, always been there for me. My kid's mum, she, she does amazing for the, for, the, for, the, um, for, the, for the babies. So I'm lucky with the, the network of people I've, I've got. I've got a small family, Coogan. I've got like a lot, a big, fam, a big family of people I don't really know from my mum's side, but I've got a... A, a tight, a tight, a tight knit family who I'm, I'm very, very, uh, I'm very, very grateful for. Have you ever had to fight depression in your life? Um, I might have had to. I don't know, but like it's, I've been, I've been on my ass a few times, Coogan. But I always like, I can pat myself on the shoulder on this one. I can always pick myself up, Coogan, because there's no time to feel sorry for for yourself. I genuinely don't. I genuinely believe that. I think. It's like you, everybody, everybody faces adversity in their life. Like, like I've been, I used to be, I used to, I've, I've been fired from jobs and stuff. And I used to come and I used to be scared to tell my dad I've, been, I've failed at school, like with, on, in, in certain subjects with grades. And I used to be scared to tell my dad. So I always kind of felt like I had to deal with stuff on my own. Do you understand what I mean? I was kind of like, if I, I remember, I remember getting uh, let off, let off from a job, and I remember like, oh my god, I'm gonna tell my dad this, like, like I've been let off from a from a from a job, and I've, um, yeah, that was that was hard, hard times in my life, because I never, I, I didn't know what direction I wanted to, or I was going in life, but I always knew that I belong somewhere, I belong somewhere. I don't say I'm a talented person, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I am honest when it comes to like. 
myself and I think, Pinek, I, I belong somewhere. And when it's in the, the, the boxing thing, I was very fortunate, but I also know that I do a good job. Mm. I do a good job and I back myself. But there's no specific period of your life where you can refer back to and think, do you know what, I was probably, was depressed there. Depressed? Um, maybe in my early 20s when I just didn't know where I was going in Probably life. Was in your early 20s now? Sure, I'm Coogan. And I wish I was. I'm in my, uh, yeah, people say I have to use hair dye. You might have I can absolutely assure you, listen, I've had a hair, I've had a hair transplant here in the corners. Fresh one, shout out, get, get, get more hair. Mike, get more hair. No problem, go and see him if you've got a baldy Swede. Um, but no, I, I've never dyed my beard in my life. I've never, never dyed anything. I've just got, my, my grandma and my granddad both had like really, really dark hair. My dad has as well really dark hair. So I've got quite, I'm quite lucky when it comes to the, the darkness, but I'm sure I will go go grey at some point. I've got a few stragglers in the old beard. But you said in your early 20s? Yeah, in my, in my early 20s, Coogan. I just, I don't know, like, because I didn't know what direction I was going in life. And um, that was, it was upsetting. I used to get down a lot about it, but I always thought to myself, I've never, there's one thing about, about me, Coogan. I won't give up on things. Genuinely, I will not give up. Do you know when... You, you go, you go and like, uh, you, you, you get a job or it's not for you or you, you get removed from the position or whatever. Don't ever doubt yourself because I, I'm a true believer. If you work hard for something, if you work hard for something or if you want something in life, you can get it. You can. You can make a, a, a life for yourself. You really, really can. And you shouldn't be discouraged by things that go wrong. It should encourage you. It really should. It's always spurred, spurred me on. When things go wrong, I think, if you hit rock bottom, there's only, you can't go any further down. The only way is up. And that's what I've always, I've always, always lived by. I've always, been, been, I've always believed in myself. How old are you now? I'm 34, Coogan. I'm getting on a bit. So, if you could take yourself back Say 20 years. Yeah. So a 34-year-old Sam Jones giving yeah. advice to a 14-year-old Sam yeah. Jones at that point in your life. Yeah. What would he say to him? Um, enjoy the moment. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy moments more. Don't, don't, wish, don't wish your life away. Genuinely, enjoy every single moment because it goes, it goes really fast. I'm not I'm talking like I'm a 90-year-old man here. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But I'm saying I remember very clearly being 14 years old and like, bang, it goes so fast. Everything goes so fast. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy, enjoy moments. Like, we're all bad with it, with phones and stuff nowadays and like, oh, everything's like, I'm on my phone constantly because it's work and stuff, but I, I did wish I would, I would have enjoyed moments a, a bit a bit more nothing to do with phones then but i'm talking using them as an example now enjoy your moments enjoy time with your family and if you've got if you're blessed to have grandparents spend as much time as possible with them what what, what certain aspects of your life as like that sort of age 14 15 16 still plays in your life at 33 34 35 what are the similar things because we always kind of that middle 20 to 30 is a bit of a learning curve yeah. for everyone isn't it 20 to 30 and then when you reach 30 that's a different learning curve but what's similar Sam Jones like aspects from that age to where you are now um what's similar yeah what's similar my handsome good looks <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking <laughs> um 
I don't know. I think I'm pretty much still I'm the same the same kind of person to be perfectly honest. I don't know like um It's a bit of a weird age to ask you that because obviously um a 20 year gap if you're say, nearer my age from like 20 to 40 I'm still it, a bit of a big kid. Yeah. Like I still like watch a bit of wrestling here and there. I'm still a bit of a geek. A little bit of a geek on that. So um no, I'd say that to be honest. Like my my fun my fun side from when I was that age to now like I'm I would still consider myself to be quite fun. I'm not a boring person. Well, I definitely wouldn't call you a boring person, Sam. I am when it comes to going out, because I know people think that I'm this big party animal. I you go never out. go out. Please confirm, Coogan. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't do any other activities. I am I am very, like, like after the fight, there's a, there's a fight on tonight. Like I'm going straight back to my room to bed. You've threatened on numerous occasions yeah. over the years. So like, yeah, we'll definitely go out. You've never fulfilled any of Coogan, that. Coogan, my friends, right, my old friends I used to go out with, right, they will tell you, I would be like, do you know when you have your, your drinks, you have your drinks with your mates before you go out on a night out? That, that would be my favourite part of the night out in my house, like that. So I remember walking into a club, like I think it was for my, my I'll tell you another one, I won't bore you to death, but I remember walking in, seeing a bit, just walked out, just, just didn't fancy it. Didn't fancy people breathing all over me and touching me and sweaty people putting their arms around me on nights out. But um, I remember going to Vegas uh, for one of Joe's training camps, and Joe will tell you this. And um, Linares, um, Linares was there and his, his people. And they were all like going out for, for New Year because we thought, me and Joe used to go there. We used to go to Fat Burger. It was like a ritual. Love before. Fat Burger. Fat Burger, it's the, it's the goat of burgers. But we used to go there, Fat Burger, and go up and have a night out a little bit before. And I remember it was New Year's Eve. And Joe was getting, and I was getting, Joe, I just don't fancy it. Stayed in my room all night. Right, I just watched the fireworks in the window in Las Vegas. It's just the type of person I am, Coogan. I just I'm not really into like going out and getting pissed. I'm just just not interested. So, so for all the people that think I'm this wild party animal that loves a drink, loves loves a drink. No, mate, wrong guy. I can vouch for that. Okay, last one. Answer it how you see fit. What still drives that fight within you at 34 years old? What is that thing that you get up in the morning and it still drives you to, to do what you're doing? Genuinely, my family, my little babies, who I've got to look after, but I know I've not even touched the surface. I've been, I've been in boxing nine years, whatever, whatever it is. I've not even touched, scratched the surface of where I want to be. I really haven't. I really haven't. And that's what drives me. That's what really drives me. That's uh, and that's what I'm... And I just want... I want to, like, make marks. I'm not worried about other people, but I want to make... My family proud of me. I want to make my kids proud of me. Like, think, oh, that's my, that's my dad. He did, he did that, and uh, yeah, that'll be my, my achievement in life. My biggest achievement in life. Okay, well, Sam Jones, much appreciate your time as always. But I always thought your story would be interesting because, again, a lot of people kind of just see little highlights and your opinionated tweets and whatever else. And but there's always a little bit of a backstory. I know you've spoken about it before on kind of different outlets or whatever, um, yeah. the Sam Jones story, but it was good to kind of, yeah, hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. No, listen, mate, this is, what, this is why I said to you, and, I, and I'm not just saying this, if somebody like me can do this and be involved in this, whatever dream you want to chase in your life, chase it and don't ever be discouraged by people because not everybody deserves to hear your, your dreams. So sometimes keep it to yourself on what you want to achieve. And uh, don't make announcements until they've happened. Are you happy? Am I happy? Yeah, I am happy.
I am happy. I'm not like fulfilled, like in the sense of, do I think I've fulfilled my absolute potential yet? No, but am I happy? Absolutely. Okay. Like I said, thank you very much. Sam, do you know what? Before we actually finish, I do want to make reference to, I don't normally make reference to when interviews are done, but we are in Manchester and we are at a certain hotel. Can you just read this of this hotel? You're going to show me this creepy thing. No, I'm not going to show you anything. Just read it to, for people that know. Right. So they're talking about the Kimpton... The Kimpton Clock, Clock Tower. Hotel in Manchester. The hotel. <laughs> read it. The hotel is purported to be haunted. One of the staircases is said to be haunted by a grieving war widow who committed suicide by throwing herself down from the top floor. The staircase in question was accessible to men at the time. Room 261 <laughs> is allegedly haunted with reports of the sound of children playing at night. We are in room 261. We are in room 261. That is no word, no word of a lie. Room 261. We are in room 261. And... Thank you, Matchroom, for putting me in the room. room. People have been thought, oh, I, no, be I thought here. everyone's winding me up when they I... were going out. You've got the haunted room until I actually, on Wikipedia, 261. Shout out the Kimpton Hotel, which is a fabulous hotel, by the yeah. way. And thanks to Matchroom as well, putting me in here. But they've done it on purpose. They've put they? me in 261, and I, this is. I legitimately, I'm not just saying this, I wouldn't be able to sleep in this room now knowing this. That. Report, uh, room 261 is allegedly haunted with reports of the sound of children playing at night. Oh, my God. I've been here two nights. I mean, I've still got one more night to go. I mean, I'm... If you're not, here in, the if you're not here in the morning, we know where I've you've gone. I've been captured somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Sam Jones, thank you very much for nice appearing on Raw of the Fight Within podcast. And yeah. we will see you next week. Make sure you comment, like and subscribe. And take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network.